and welcome to this week's episode of Please Don't, Don't Make Me Watch. Watch. On this week's episode, you can expect poorly named fjords, canteen penises, gangsters versus aliens, and singing cowboys. Yeah, Ooh. welcome everyone to episode 10. Yay, we made it to double figures. We did. We haven't killed each other yet because of our opinions on shows. Yay. What have you been watching this week? Watching this week. Culturally. I mean, general. I've just finished watching Chernobyl, which is... So good. Everyone says it's really good. It's, uh, there's a reason it's the highest rated thing on IMDb. It really annoys me though that that's their like promotion thing. Because I just don't even trust IMDb that no. much. Like, it's like, oh, the highest rating on IMDb, this random website where I don't know where the ratings come from. Yeah. Great, thanks so much. It's like, the stuff that's on Amazon has the highest ratings, it's not necessarily the best stuff. No. I think that like, the good thing about Chernobyl and why it's got so high is because there's only five episodes. But those five episodes are so good. Okay. So, so good. Okay, well, I'm assuming that'll be on the podcast later because I quite like something good to watch. Yeah. And I want to watch it anyways, that'd be handy. Yeah, it's probably going to be put on there because. Slightly going against the title of the show. But, oh, I know. Well, never mind. But Please make do make me, me watch. watch this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what about you? What have you been watching, experiencing? Uh, I've been watching Love Island. Happy <laughs> days. It's back. Yay! It's back. It's 2019. They're back in the villa. It's exactly the same as it always has been in the, in the first episode. None of the black um, competitors were picked immediately, showing inherent racism in the way we view sexuality and sexual attractiveness. But anyway, who cares? It's a fantastic show. We're really enjoying it. Um, you do you. Apart from that, I've been seeing like, loads of theatre. Yeah. I saw Anna at the National, which is amazing. Ooh. What about Eastern Germany? And really interestingly done in that it's so it's about East Berlin at the time when, like, the Soviets... Ah, oh, cool. So right. kind of like the time, the, um, the Lives of Others. Itself. Exactly, Lives of Others. But uh-huh. when you go in, everyone gets a set of headphones and you listen to the whole of the drama through headphones and the staging is like it's all done as if you're looking into an apartment. So you can see everything that's going on, but they are very much in a block on their own. That's really cool. It's amazing. They're all wearing microphones. So you can hear, like, all the little itty bits of someone, like, just breathing or, yeah. like, moving. And it makes everything sound suspicious because, like, mm. when you're hearing everything that someone's doing, mm. just them, like going to the toilet might be like, you're like, why are they, why did they take yeah. so long doing that? Or like, why are they in there for so long? And it's really, really cleverly done. There's loads and loads of twists and turns and Ooh. yeah, very, very worth seeing. And also only like, I think it's like an hour, hour 15 long. Okay. Which for theatre is sick. That's, and it starts, yeah. you can go see one, a pensioners matinee, I would like to call it, at 6.30. Ah. You're literally out by 7.45. That is the dream. That going is the dream. home and you're like, I've, I have I went, time to do. Yeah. I have time to watch Love Island at nine, which is in fact what I did. Yeah, the first episode. What Great. a day of culture that was. Indeed. I also saw Aladdin at the cinema. Oh, live action. How was I've that? I've done so much this week. I know. I um, feel like I've done nothing. Well, you, can, you can't. I mean, I'm just really on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aladdin. I went to see it with a lot of children. Ah. Uh, uh, they really enjoyed it though. So that mm. was nice. Will Smith. Very good, I thought, as okay. a genie. He had, and there's pressure with that role because obviously Robin Williams as the genie is so iconic. Exactly, but he makes they make it totally different, so you're never mm. comparing the two because you're like, yeah. Robin Williams does a complete like Robin Williams does all his impressions. Yeah. Will Smith is very camp in this, which I okay. kind of love. He can't sing that well. Oh well, they stage it well enough. I think that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Aladdin is like very good, very charming, mm. amazing dancer. Jasmine, good singer. I don't think with enough power, she gets her own song where they try and put feminism into Aladdin because it's like, oh no, we've realised that we basically made a whole massive group of girls believe that princes will come and rescue them mm. from everything. So now we're trying to make up for it in the live action versions. 
Essentially, it's a pretty bad film, but I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. But all of the other adults I went to see it were like, bloody hell. Because I think I think the issue with the live with all of the live action Disney remakes is they're being constantly compared back to the originals, and that's definitely how I felt with the live action Beauty and the Beast, which I hated. Well, it just makes me angry that I wasn't asked to be Beauty, so I'm mm. not, I'm never gonna see that. I mean, for context, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney film. Would possibly make my top twenty favorite films ever. The original. Wow. wow okay. I, I I love that film, and just the live action remake was just nitpicking and wasn't adding anything to the Well that's what annoyed story, me yeah. about Aladdin which is like it was I had a very good time and like they all sang the songs well and there was lots of good dancing and stuff and they added in the feminism thing so yay. Hmm. But like equally what was the point? Yeah. Why can't you just make up a cool like new cartoon? I love Disney cartoons they feel, as we will see yeah. soon. So like Yeah. I feel like, like they they they're not focusing on animation which is what make Disney great. Yeah, well, like, honest, that Frozen has just done so well. Mm. What came after that? Moana. Moana, amazing. And then they did, like, Coco, didn't they? Or was that That's Pixar? Pixar. Okay. Um, but, like, just make up a new... There's so many fairy stories. There yeah. must be another Or just or do it, like, a kind of historical figure mashup, like you kind of did with Moana. Yeah, or Brave, is it? Brave's well? Pixar as well. Oh, Brave's Pixar as well. Yeah. That. But, yeah, it, but no, she's in the Disney princess canon. Yeah. But Anna and Elsa, are, interestingly, aren't Disney princesses. They're not in the official Disney princess canon because they make too much money on their own. And also Elsa's a queen, not princess. Yeah. Shenanigans. Um, I thought Anna is. Oh, Neither wow, of them are. So because as a duo, they make more money. Separately. Oh, yeah. I see. Well, yeah. It is, I just think I really would have liked to watch a new, like, animated... Yeah. Or even not animated, but a live-action, like, fairy story, not like a... Here's a tale you already know. The only thing I will say, oh, Jafar is awful, awful as well. Mm. Not his fault, not the actor's fault, but like, how the can you live up to doesn't... Jafar in yeah. the, like Disney where they can make him look really evil and then you're expecting like a person to be the same as that? Yeah. Smart. And Iago is just a parrot. Like, make him good. Anyway, yeah. um, the, the, my central point is that the only like really good thing about this is that it's like one of the only movies you might be able to see that's got like a uh, cast that are all from mm. like. Um, Oh, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern South countries, Asian yeah. like South Asian backgrounds, and and it's like hmm. that's not what defines them, I suppose. No. So that's good. Anyway, yeah, I think we should get on with the show. Yeah, on with the show. So we're starting with my TV this week. Yeah, and seeing as Alice has converted me to being a massive Line of Duty fan, I thought yeah. let's go down the route of BBC police drama. And I was really surprised actually you hadn't seen this. I know, me too. Because <laughs> I think it's right up your street, and I asked you to watch Happy Valley. Happy Valley is from 2014. It's created by Sally Wainwright. Uh, it stars Sarah Lancashire as Catherine Kaywood, a police sergeant coming to terms with the suicide of her daughter. Also stars Siobhan Finneran as her sister, who's a recovering drug addict. And there's lots of kind of issues in the the man who she blames for her daughter's suicide comes back into her life, and also she's raising her daughter's son who is conceived through rape and it's her rapist has now kind of come back and wanted to see him. Played by James Norton. Played by James Norton, yeah. This was the first thing I actually ever saw him in. I think this is this pre Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't it? He's not in Fifty Shades of Grey, you're thinking of Jamie Jordan, who is in The Fall, I think, but I haven't seen that, which yeah. is another like dark thing. Yeah. But it's pre um it's pre all the stuff that James Norton's done. Yeah. So like what has he done? War and Peace and mm. um Grant Chester. Yeah. Oh, I've only seen one episode of that, it seems really nice. No. So yeah, I want to know your thoughts on this show, because it's just it just seems like, it seems a very you show. 
Yeah, I loved it. I watched all of season one. Yay! <laughs> um, and I started season two, but then I was like, no, I, need to, I have other things to watch. <laughs> I watched something a bit cheerier. Yeah, partially. Um, yeah, I thought it was amazing. I don't know why I don't... I think I just didn't watch it because I was already watching a lot of police mm. that and I was like, do I need another one? Um, but yeah, Sarah Lancashire is amazing, as everyone mm. said. Everyone, she, she won a BAFTA a for queen. this, I think. Yeah, deservedly so. I think, I'm pretty sure, almost certain she won a BAFTA for this. Well, uh, yeah. No, she was nominated, but it won Best Drama Series. Okay, well, I think she should have won. Yeah. I don't know what she was up against, though. No, it's Let's right. look. Let's, <laughs> this is turned into, we Google the BAFTAs. I like Googling the BAFTAs. That's what we do. Uh, she lost to Georgina Campbell for Murdered by My Boyfriend, which I have not seen. I've never seen that. Apparently no. it's amazing. I also, remember when she won, that was very exciting, because yeah. it was like, come out of nowhere. Also, interestingly, nominated alongside Keely Hawes for Line of Duty. Hey, Keely Hawes and Line of Duty is so good. She's in series two and three of Line of Duty. And Beyond it's... amazing. If you like her in The Bodyguard, you should watch Line of Duty. She's yeah. like better in that, I would say. I agree. I very much agree. Um, anyway, so back, back to Happy Valley. <laughs> yeah, so Lancashire is a queen. Um, the dynamic between her and her sister is like beautifully it's done. So, like, it's so really... nice. The thing I loved about this is like all the characters are really nuanced. Like mm. even the psychopath, which I like, I hate him, but like you... I hate him with all my body. Mm. Equally, I'm not like, I oh, know it's a psychopath. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. He has weird like yeah. things and he does stuff and you're like, I don't understand why, but mm. like I'm now intrigued. Whereas yeah. instead of just being like, you're just a dick. I think it's really interesting comparing Jamie Norton's character to Penn Badger's character in You. And that it kind of encapsulates my main issues with the framing of him in You, is that you have this psychopath, rapist in Happy Valley, and yet he's nuanced and you're just there like, I'm I'm interested in what you're doing. Yeah. And that, I think because I've I mean, I think it's, like like, I, I don't, I wouldn't compare those two because I don't think they're the same. I don't think they're the same. I think they're, because James mm. Norton in this, to me, does stuff from, like, he wants... He's, like, desperate for... It's quite obvious why he wants... Or, interestingly, he's yeah. really nuanced, but, like, it's, like, he wants power, he wants mm. money, he, like, enjoys... He gets a kick out of hurting other people Definitely, because yeah. of, like, the power relationship. And I think you, it's, like, different in that it's... It, it comes... Yeah. I think he still wants power, but I think it's not as obvious that he wants power and no. it's himself. Whereas I think James Norton is almost... What's his name in the thing? His name, his character is uh, Tommy Lee Royce. Tommy, Tommy Dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, I think they're slightly different. I would compare him to like, like other psychopaths. I'm thinking of like Dexter and stuff. Yeah. Not Dexter the person, but like the people he comes across, mm. the evil people. Or like in Luther when you get evil people. Yeah. Obviously because they're not the centre of the show, you're just like, so they're, so they're just evil yeah like they're just evil they're just an evil person mm. whereas this one he's totally evil and yet i'm still like what are you going to do next Tommy? yeah, yeah exactly exactly Is and then it... every time he like mm. killed someone spoilers sorry yeah i was shocked yeah even though i knew it was yeah. a psychopath i think that's a massive talent from james norton to like mm. be able to be someone that you're so scared of and yet still i was like yeah. what and credit to like sally wainwright for the writing as well oh, the, the, the script is so sharp yeah. and yeah all the character like the characters that you're meant to root for just have so much pathos and as well sort of there's always with i think with sugar and finneran's characters the sister there's always the specter of her addiction over it but it, there's no kind of like sort of ever hint that she's going to relapse mm -hmm. which i think is like clearly um sarah anxious character is taking care of her but she it's a very self-aware portrayal and I think yeah it, definitely there's there's a lot of like pathos in the characters as well and it's it's also just gorgeously shot 
Like, yeah. it does make Yorkshire look really quite stunning. Yeah, it does. I mean, it is stunning. Yeah. So. But, but yeah, no, I love it. And I liked that Steve Pemberton was randomly in it. Yeah. Who we'll see soon again. We will see I soon again. With one of his shows. Um, but yeah, that he, I find it really difficult to watch him and stuff. It's not at all mm. his fault. He's a very good actor. But he's like, I feel like for someone who on his own shows plays like the most random assortment of characters, yeah. he always plays the same person in like mm. everything else. He was basically like, a creep. Not exactly a creep, but like 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 like, like it's always like an accountant or like a small business manager yeah. or like I own the local shop. It's always like yeah, it's a it's small very little job and it's always a man who gets two big ideas for his station in life mm. and it's always like, Darn you, you 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 bad person for wanting more money. It's very typecasting. And then he goes like crazy because of it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's 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 like rom com or Hugh Grant. Ooh, in the in the same way of like of like he keeps playing the same character over and over. Oh, I see. Not right. that they are the same person. Yeah. I, no. I thought we were like he always plays that kind of role, and I was like, I can't think of anything less like. What he's no, 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 no. Yes, in I the, would agree. they get they got typecast and they just yeah, yeah, they yeah. do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, similar. Um. So yeah, I watched all of season one. I've not written that many notes, but like really horrific, really good twists. Oh, the twist is great. I love a good twist because there are so many shit twists. Oh, so many shit on twists. in TV at the moment. It's a joy to see one where you're like, genuinely didn't see that coming. Yeah. And, and not because it's stupid and you've made yeah. it because you want to shock people, but because it's genuinely very yeah. good. And this, I think, just a special shout out before we move on to the sequence of the houseboat. Oh yeah, that's amazing. That's, it's, it's so good. Yeah, and that I, was really cool. I'm really glad you enjoyed this because I was scared, oh no. The houseboat is in season, is in the last episode by the yeah. way, so don't be like watching episode one. You'd be like, like, where's the houseboat? Where's the houseboat? Yeah. No, the bit that got me, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's mm. like, I'll just say where it is, is the bit when they um, get pulled over on that road. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. I rewatched that like three times. Yeah. Show. I haven't watched it for a it's, it's the same. It's the same feeling with that scene I had with watching the final sequence in series three of Line of Duty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love sequence. That's so good. Yeah. Also, if you, have you seen House of Cards? I have. I have seen House of Cards. I have not watched much of it, though. First episode of season two. No. I never got through series one. Okay, I'm just going to ruin this for people because we're not going to like... No, I'm not going to watch the rest of it, it. no. First, uh, also Kevin's, uh, what's his name? Spacey, Spacey, isn't it? So... Um, First episode of season two. So the whole of season one is like the female journalist, right? And the the guy who wants to be president. And then the first episode of season two, when you're like just like settling in to like start the programme again, they meet for an assignation, a rendezvous on like a subway platform. And then as he leaves, he just pushes her into the track just as the train comes. She gets mm. run over. But that's the end of the episode. And he just walks away. He just strolls away. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? The main character mm. has just died. I had to rewind five times. And then I went running around my house and you would be being like, what's just happened? Yeah. My friends are like, ah! My issue has, I kept comparing Hassel Cars to the West Wing. And that, yeah. that I think is dangerous. But they're not dangerous. similar. They're not similar, but I... I just think I just preferred the West Wing because I, I preferred yeah, it because it's more really, of an ensemble piece. I find that really difficult because I always compare everything that's like about the president to something else about the president, but yeah. actually they're totally different. Exactly, yeah. Genres even. Mm. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, I think we should move on. My TV. Woo-hoo. So this uh, week I wanted to Sam to watch something very up to date, something very new, modern, very current, which I was talking about with a lot of colleagues, um, and we all really liked it, and that is Sex Education. So, Sex Education came out in 2019, that's this year, yes, I'm on brand, Um, and it was created by Laurie Nunn, and it follows a character called 
Otis, who's played by Asa Butterfield, who interestingly went to my choir when I was younger. Ooh. Not in my year, but yeah. Um, and he kind of navigates high school and he found his own sex advice clinic because his mum, played by the gorgeous Gillian Anderson, oh my god, what a queen, is an actual sex therapist. So he has like a lot of mm. first-hand advice. And it's about him and his friends and like the guy like he has a cross on who helps him set up the sex advice clinic and it's like a classic kind of teen it could just be a teen rom-com yeah. but it's kind of more than that i think mm. yeah did you like it i did actually really enjoy this and similar to you with happy valley i have watched all of series one yay what a successful week i know i think i really enjoyed this i think i do have a couple of criticisms which i want to go over first i think it's a little bit clunky sometimes in the Exp the dialogue's a bit expositiony. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like, here is character, here is character. And I get that that kind of has to be done. I just felt it was a it was a bit too clunky mm -hmm. when sometimes the dialogue was so sharp it felt a bit yeah. jarring. Yeah. Also, I know a lot of people who have started watching this and being like, wait, it's set in the UK, why is this an American high school? Yeah, but you need to, I feel like that is something just, it's basically they're trying to make it attractive for both American yeah. and uh, British audiences and like, I think America. I think British people are quite tolerant of American high school yeah. shit because we've been, to a large extent, brought up on it. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, but I think it's because American people would be like, "Well, set A levels, excuse you." Yeah. What, what? Why are you all in school from the age of seven? Like when they try to make the in betweeners for like Americans, yeah. it's like it literally doesn't work. No, and I think. And I, skins. Yeah, well. there are quite a few anachronistic elements in that respect. Yeah. But outside of that. No, I, but I think it, as in I think they're anachronistic. Yeah, on purpose. On purpose, yeah. yeah. I don't like... It did just personally annoy me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, I like the bit though when they're like in an American high school and then the bully like pushes him up and then he's like, yeah. give me your curly whirly. I was and like, it's like, yeah, that that's, is that's a good, that that's a good one. That is a great little British um, joke. But I think, I think it's, it's a really fun show. It does, it involves zero thought at all. I don't, I think, I think there are, there are, it does delve into some deeper issues, but I'd say the first episode alone is quite brainless. Okay, okay. Um, because they have like, to set up the whole they thing. They do have to set up the whole thing. But it does kind of go places I didn't expect it. Like, there is full frontal penis on this show. Oh, yeah. Which I, I credit to, most shows wouldn't show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gillian Anderson is everything. Oh she God, is, she's so good in this. She steals everything. Well, I wasn't that keen on her before because I only saw her in like, Dickens and she was always just moping around. And I saw in Bleak Expectations being yeah, a fashion. Exactly. Uh, do you mean Bleak Expectations? No, no Great so. Expectations. Do you, do you ah! mean Great Expectations? Although, if you haven't listened to Bleak Expectations. She's also in Bleak House, though. The BBC adaptation. Yeah. But yeah. if you haven't listened to Bleak Expectations, it's hilarious. So good. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. I think there are some really great moments in the show. I think. A lot of the therapy sessions between Otis and the clients are really interesting. Um, also, the problems that they pick are really, like, cool appropriate and appropriate. And, like, when I say cool, I don't mean, like, oh, wow, erectile dysfunction, cool. But as in, they feel stuff like yeah. people actually have to face them and they deal with it in quite a, like, careful yeah. and interesting way. And it's never like, oh, look, there's here's a basic sex problem. Yeah. Or, like... Oh, I like this person, but they don't. Like, and in like, fact, it's yeah. always like, I'm like, there's one that like, yeah. oh, we're in a lesbian relationship and we like can't, yeah, do it. Like we can't work exactly, out yeah. the sex stuff, and it's like, and there's and there's a really interesting one I think later in the show with one of the characters called Amy, and she basically has a boyfriend, and Amy. she's and the boyfriend says, "Do you want me to do that?" And she panics, and she just doesn't know 
how to address that. And there's a great Which, scene. Sorry, yeah. like TMI, but like strongly relate. I feel like mm. as a girl, it's very difficult to like because like I'm sure mm. nowadays, like maybe people are less caught up by it. But as someone who mm. went to like Catholic school and stuff, like only for primary school, but still, mm. it is something that you're like, yeah. you just don't like. No one's like, oh, d-. when you have sex education as like a girl in school, like with a boy, it's like. Here's your penis. <laughs> you both pee out of this and ejaculate. Yeah. And that is like your purpose. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, obviously, really bad in terms of homosexual or sexual education. But like, oh, gotcha. essentially, like, this is what this is for. Whereas women, there's like so many different holes and shit that it's like, so you've got mm. these three holes and this is what they're all for. And this one, you put you put a dick in and, and that's it, really. And they never go, like, and also, fun fact, yeah. you have like things inside that do stuff. And yeah, you have yeah, this yeah. And you have this and like, it was good to see that address on the show. Mm. I mean, not that they go into massive detail. But no, like... but I think I think that then that leads to like just such a great scene where the character of Amy basically just has a wank all around her room, yeah. like, and it's and it, the thing is, is it's it's played for laughs, but also it's clear that like this is great. Though. It, it's a revelatory moment for the character. Yeah, and it's I mean Amy is possibly one of my favorite characters, but my favorite character in the show is Eric, played oh, by Shooter Gatwa, who. He's such a... Otis. He says Otis in such a funny yeah. way. Otis. And he is so good in this. He's really good. He's so... Such a nuanced... Again, we're talking about nuance. nuance. Like, such yeah. a nuanced character. And it's, for me, that was... It was the nuancing characters like Eric and Amy and Maeve and Otis that when the clunky writing came, it really stood out. Fair enough. And I think with... With Eric, for me, it's a character that is openly queer. It's a character that is openly kind of sort of flamboyant and, and camp and colourful and also from a Nigerian background but a character whose parents haven't rejected him because of it yeah. they kind of embrace it and there's a great well, well no there's a I think embrace is a strong one well they they, they, they accept they, 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 they tolerate do. it and there's a great scene where they all uh, he goes to church with them and then he feel kind of they all sort of go around him and make him feel very welcome and I think that's a that's a really lovely scene and this show does have these moments in it where it, it really does hit home and then also has just some some so bizarre just bizarre there are a lot of really weird moments in this show. like the, in a great way though in I a great way really like far. the blowjob party circle oh that's hilarious it is hilarious but also then a couple I think yeah I think there's so many stereotypes that they put in this show yeah. and then complicate them which it makes it really cool like it's not like you have like the troubled angsty girl yeah. the jock the whatever and all of them are not just those people. No, not like at all. it's like the Breakfast Club but made better almost in a way. Like yeah. it's taking those characters and being like, that's not yeah. as in I know the Breakfast Club is supposed to be like, oh and we're not defined by our labels, but mm. actually they're all remember yeah, yeah. I don't remember any of the characters' names in the no. Breakfast Club, I just remember them as like the Jock and the Princess. Yeah. Whereas these people are like genuinely really hard to categorise by the end because they're all mm. and they're all just They all nice feel like they could be real well. people. Yeah, it's a very like, nice show. You're kind of a like Basically, at school, which is what you only realise after you leave school, mm. I guess, everyone is just trying to do their best. And, like, like, I'm sure people are dicks. Mm. And people are bullies and stuff. But equally, everyone's got their own shit going on yeah. in their lives, basically. And, and, it's, and it's sort of, there is kind of a core cool cast of characters and they all get expanded upon. Yeah. In a very interesting way. And, yeah. And no one's without blame. Like, mm. also, like, um, Otis is not without blame at no. all. I mean, it was. I mean, the the, the show. Oh, this is not a spoiler because it's in the first five minutes of the show. Mm. Is that he pretends to have a wank, 
And that is, that is just <laughs> really like... funny premise. It's, it's just like, you think, okay, this is blowing apart everything you think about about a teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And, and, and it automatically, that sort of sets the tone of, you think this is going to go this way, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy this. It's it's quite light. There is. I have a couple of issues with it that do kind of make me think this isn't amazing, amazing. But it's really yeah, good. Yeah. So uh, on with films. Uh, this week I went with sci-fi, but sort of in the realm of something like Misfits, and that it's putting a science fiction trope in a very ordinary and unexpected setting. And I asked you to watch Attack the Block. Uh, Attack the Block is from 2011. It's directed by Joe Cornish. It stars early career John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker. I knew it was him. I couldn't work um, As residents of a council estate who get invaded by aliens. I think that's, that's the premise of this film. It's quite a, a light film, but I think it's really fun. And it also does have some interesting subversions of a lot of sci-fi tropes. And I know, I think this is a risk for making you watch it, but I'm interested to see what you thought of it. I actually enjoyed this a lot more than like most of the other sci-fi you've made me watch. Yes! It's much more my brand, like Oh yay! Light-hearted it's comedy, very but also a social commentary. Yeah. This is kind of like yeah. This is what I would do if I was seeing a sci-fi film, I think. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I didn't I'm like my score is still not gonna be like, oh my god, the first thing I've oh, ever no, seen. No, no. But I really enjoyed I'm, it. I will take I will take I, I, had a, I, had a, I enjoyed watching it. Mm. Um, it's a good ride. It's a good ride. There's like, it's like, I always like a British film with a British cast where you're mm. like, oh my god, them. Yeah. Hey. Like, so Nick Frost is in it. There's a lot of kind of like, like yeah. oh, Jim Harrick's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I enjoyed, uh, Nick Frost was in this. Oh, like, not he was in very much, but like, that was good because it was, it did feel very Shaun of the Dead-y kind of, but mm. like for kids, like Definitely teenagers. That. So that was cool. Um, I like it. It's, it's set. Like in a council estate in South London, and it is very like I feel I feel weird about talking about if it's realistic or not because I didn't grow no. up there and like I don't know them very well, so it feels a bit weird to say that. But it felt to an outsider like it could be real, like it could be real, and it felt like all the characters were really interesting, mm. and like they had like all these different rules that were going on within this estate yeah. that were like specific to that place and stuff. Um, so that was good. Luke Treadaway is a fucking hilarious He's character really in it. Good. I love Luke Treadaway anyway. Yeah. Curious Instant the Dog of the Nighttime. What a classic role. That's where he got famous. Yeah. Um, but he is there as like, he's like selling weed from Nick Frost, but he lives in Chelsea. Yeah. So he's like this posh guy who's like, yo blood, can you pass me the weed? Yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? It's like, it would be like me trying to do it, basically. Yeah. Like, I and it's, and it's great, the, the, the interplay between Joe, uh, not Joe Treadway, John Boyega and Luke Treadway's characters is really good. Yeah. Because John, Bo John Boyega is very much playing the kind of like stereotypical South London kind of Like the leader of a gang, basically. Yeah. He's called Moses. But all of his like gang members, all of, like him and all of his gang members are very likeable characters. Yeah. Um, new, like they make some bad choices I guess but like really like yeah they're mm. all very likeable yeah and they're definitely contrasted against like a gang a different gang leader who like runs the whole council estate mm. like they're like a mini they're like a mini gang of like 15 year olds or something yeah this is an older guy who's got like more serious weaponry and you're definitely supposed to like find him a bit mm. more scary yeah. so it's got like a lot of layers to it definitely, but yeah. no I really liked it um 
The monsters are pretty scary. Yeah, they've, uh, they've got a really, really cool design. Yeah, they it's do. It's sort of like these kind of just amorphous black shapes and they open their mouths, it's like just bright blue and just teeth. Yeah, it's. I found it slightly weird that you never find out where they come from no. or indeed why they've come yeah. to Earth. But it's a similar thing with Misfits, is that you never find out why the storm happened in Misfits. It just yeah, happened. Yeah, but the storm, at least it's like the storm, yeah. like as in a storm, I can, I know it sounds really stupid, but like a storm, I can kind of, in a weird way, believe it because it seems like it's a natural, yeah. naturally occurring, just like freak thing. Whereas like aliens coming down suggests intention to me. Mm. And that, I mean, is a t it's not really a problem with the film. I just personally was like frustrated at the end when I was like, oh, are they going to come down again? Like, yeah. what happens now? But you know, oh well. No. Um, I think yeah. Jodie Whittaker's also really good in this. She is. I just wrote Doctor Who. Yeah, this was this is before Doctor Who, this is before Broadchurch. Yeah, before loads of the stuff yeah. she's been. I mean, she was in so much. Mm. She's been in so much. And she basically plays kind of like a woman who lives on the estate but is trying to get out of the estate but can't because... And only has been living on the estate for like two months. Yeah. It, and it's... she very much is on her moral high yeah. horse against these like gang members who actually help like save yeah. her life but she and, also saves them. And it, and it, I mean I, I found it really interesting of sort of like someone who's just moved to London that kind of that fear of oh no everything in London's terrifying ah and I think if you haven't grown up in London I know a lot of people have said to me like that's a very scary thing and it and it's London has that kind of fear factor about it. Oh, really? Okay. And I, I, I like that aspect of the film. I also really like the, the use of music in this film. I think it's really cool. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. I, I it's, a, it's a lot of fun in this film. Yeah, the, I mean, I again, I'm not the best note taker, but I basically wrote down the funny bits, the bits I found funny, because yeah. that's what I like about films. I like the bit where he brings in the alien that he's killed and this guy's like, oh, have you done puppetry at college? That is an amazing puppet. That is so lifelike. And you're like, it's a fucking alien. I liked the bit where they all went out to save the world and like kill all the um, aliens and they all went to their like parents and were like, can I just go out for 10 minutes though? And they were like, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. They all had to, it's like someone being like, sorry mum, can I, I just need to pop out for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then mum being like, no. And you're like, I need to go, and they're like, you're like, fine, take the dog with you. I do like kind of like how sort of ramshackle they're trying to fight when they're trying to fight the aliens. Is just the weaponry they have is just what they have lying around. Yeah, it's and, a, it's like mm. it's like kids taking on the world. Yeah. but it's like in a very specific location and it, that works really well. And it, I think I think like we were saying about kind of sex education, this wouldn't work if you transplanted it to the US at all. No. Not at all. It's very British. It's very, it's very British. It's very London, I would say. Yeah. And, um, and I also and a bit of London that you never see represented no. in like comedy, even comedy films in general, or like sci-fi as well. Yeah. Like it's really nice. I liked the bit where Nick Frost is looking out into the skyline to see if aliens are coming, and he goes, oh, and then someone's like, what? And he's like, blockbusters are shut down. And I was like, <laughs> lol, funny. Yeah. And I also like the bit where they ask Jodie Whittaker's character if she has a boyfriend, and she's like, yeah. He's in Ghana, and they're like, oh, does he live there or something like that? And she's like, no, he's actually volunteering with the Red Cross. He's helping people. And then the kid is like, the kid in the gang who she's mm. helping is like, oh, because you couldn't help any kids in the UK because there aren't enough. And you're like, yeah. holy shit. Like, I thought that was... There's, there's, there's a lot that of was really, commentary in There's some really nice social commentary in it that, like, makes you, as, like, a white person, mm. be like... Or not even just a white person. But as just as a person. Like a rich person also. Yeah. <laughs> be like... It just has so many layers to it. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And like at the end, it's obviously it's a bit like Get Out. Have you seen Get Out? Yeah. In similar circumstances, like shit kicks off, 
And then at the end, the police turn up and obviously, like, they arrest basically, like, the, they... the black people, essentially. Mm. Even though they're the ones who saved everyone. Yeah. So it's, like, a similar thing. And I really like that it showed, like, Jodie Whittaker's character. Being like, no. Being like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it Yay! I'm really glad you did. I think it's time to move on, though, to your film. Yay, my film. <laughs> okay. So, I picked this because I don't think I'd pick enough arty films, and this mm. struck me as more artistic. Definitely very arty. Um, but it's also kind of my up my street because it's, like, vaguely funny. Yeah. I suppose. I'm like, doesn't... Yeah, anyway, I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, it is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Another very up-to-date pick from me. Yes, oh. I'm on the cultural button. <laughs> this one's from 2018, directed by the one, the only, the two of them, the Coen brothers. <laughs> it's an anthology film. It's got six tales from the Wild West in varying degrees, like very Coen brothers-esque, where it's like yeah. very dark. Also, highly amusing yeah. in many cases. Mm. I enjoyed it because my attention span is low. And so this is nice because I can just watch one anthology story at a time, but equally you can watch like three in a row and it's yeah. fun. And there are loads of like, fam- not famous actors, but like actors who you will know if you go to the theatre a lot and you're like, mm. ah. Or just actually quite, if you walk watching a lot of indie films, there's quite a lot of people yeah. from them. Yeah, do you like it? I, yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, I think... Oh my god, such a positive week I for know. us. This is like Look the first time ever. I think that my overarching issue with this film is that it's released by Netflix and I just kept thinking why isn't this a miniseries to be honest because I watched it similarly to you is that I watched one one or two stories and stopped and then watched the next one and because there's not a through narrative it doesn't really affect it and that kind of took me out of the experience of it being a film I think that also it doesn't help that the stories for me at least were very uneven in Mm. terms of quality Mm. I think um, also, I, the transition is shit. Yeah. They do what they do at the beginning of Elf, where it's yeah. like someone narrating and turning over the story, yeah. like, and you're like, this was done as a joke in Elf to be like, this is a shit technique. Yeah. Literally in Elf, they, I'm sure they take the piss out of it. It's like mm. a like, really shit way to start a movie, and now you're going to actually tell me you're going to do it. Yeah. Time, but but it's, it's kind of okay. it seriously in like, uh, classic Disney films, so it's kind of whole. Yeah, whole they are they I are just, sort of fairy tale esque stories. I know, but I just felt it was a bit of a like like at least do something yeah. funny with it or like unusual. Mm. I thought that's a bit weird. Yeah, I mean if 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 we if we're kind of ranking the stories from my favorite to least favorite. Oh yeah, okay. Story five, which is. Oh no, you need to remind me of. What uh, the about. um the one with Zoe Kazan and the wagon train. Oh yeah. Uh, was, it's my favourite. That's so dark, that So one. dark. Zoe Kazan is, I think, MVP of this film. She's Gonna give really her that. Good. Uh, the first one, I put second, with the singing cowboys. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I uh, thought it was very lightweight. Yeah, I, I don't know, I, just, I quite enjoyed that one. I also didn't realise it was an anthology film when I started watching it. Mm. I don't know if you looked that up, but like... I knew already. Okay, because yeah. I was watching it, did not realise, and then that one ended and I was like, so Buster Scruggs has come up this for like <laughs> yeah. spoilers he dies I don't feel like that's like the biggest no. film but I'm just gonna say it he like dies and that's in the first mm. little film and I was like we're ten minutes Same. in like yeah. how are they gonna do the ballad of Buster Scruggs if he's dead already and then it, it's finished it's the story and I was like over, uh. yeah. <laughs> um, I think then for me was the fourth one with Tom Waits as the gold prospector oh I love that one that one that, that one so I, I one and four were about equal for me yeah 
then the third one with um, Dudley, Liam Neeson and the chicken. I l- oh my god, I think that's my favourite one. Really? Oh, I, th- I felt like that one for me got a little bit too repetitive after a while. Oh, I think it could have shaved two minutes of it and it would have still had the same impact. Mm-hmm. Then the second one, which is the one with James Franco in it, as the bank robber. Uh, uh, Where he's on the horse, he's about to get hung. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the last one is my least favourite. Now you're saying all of them, I really enjoyed all of them. I, the I really enjoyed all is, of them. The last one is weird, because I remember seeing, that was, I thought that was going to be my favourite one, because I knew the most people who were in it. Yeah. Like John Cho O'Neill's in it, and I love John Cho O'Neill. And Brendan Gleeson as well. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I like him, but John Cho O'Neill, like, yeah. I love, because he did loads of Shakespeare stuff, mm. so lol. But nerd. I think for me, the sixth one was, I guess, the twist of the sixth one immediately. Because all of all of these six stories are essentially an exploration of death. Yes. And in its various various ways. And for me, it was the one that was the most heavy-handed about it. Mm-hmm. And that's it did take me out slightly from that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think I, they're about death? I think they're all about death. Yeah. I thought they're about worth. I think I, it's kind of there's there's like death and worth sort of going hand in hand. But they're I, all about value, like what you value about. Mm-hmm. What you value, I guess what you value most. Yeah. The Liam Neeson one becomes about, like, are you as good as dead if you're, like, valued? Like, what creates value for you? Mm. Is it, like... Is it money? Is it fame? Is it companionship? Is it your body? Yeah. In that one, literally. And I... I, But I also feel like, kind of, the first one, sort of, is kind of an exploration of, sort of, the very fleeting nature of death and how you're on top one time and then someone can just come along and just completely yeah. strike you from it. The second one is how sort of in one way of evading death, death always comes back in the end. Death is the only kind of constant. The third one is that uh, if you are no longer useful to someone, then you're as good as dead. As good as dead. The fourth one kind of um, is sort of more about like death of an environment because you just slowly see the holes appear throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And, and death himself. Yeah. Oh, that was really like, yeah. amazing. That was such a great twist, that one. Yeah, and then there's, there's the fifth one as well. It's of... really hard not to give you spoilers in this because yeah. I, I, I every do think single people thing watch has this. spoilers and I want you to watch Yeah, yeah. I want people to watch it. But I think for me, it's like, I've seen some other Coen Brothers films. I've seen Inside Lewin Davis, which always annoys oh, me I that it isn't pronounced that. Inside Lewin Davis because it's the double L. It's a Welsh name. It should be pronounced Lewin. No, but I don't care. Well, I mean, I don't It, it annoys me when people don't pronounce Llewellyn correctly. Yeah, but like, names shit. It's like I, we don't pronounce loads of names correctly. I do know, we? I know, but that's a small thing annoying me. Um, and I've seen like Fargo, I think. I've seen Fargo, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think this is on the level of Fargo. No, I don't think it is, but I do think it's really beautifully shot. Yeah, I, I think it's really gorgeous. The music's really good. Yeah. Um, I think the performances are generally really great. I kept thinking this probably should have been a miniseries. To be honest, mm. I think I think it would have worked. I don't think you would have lost. But I anything. think the interesting thing is like a it encourages us to see the the fact that we've come up with themes yeah. and relate them all. I don't think we would have done that if it was a miniseries. No. We would have just be like oh some wild west tales. And b I almost think if I'd just seen the first one and it wasn't part of a movie, I would have been like this is weird. I, I don't know if I would, I would have watched I think I would have kept watching though based on the first one. I don't know if I would have because it, it was like the shock of the fact that we were that we moved on to a different story after 15 yeah. minutes that I was like oh yeah. I will keep watching what's next mm. whereas like if it had been a miniseries and I knew it was 15 minutes mm. I feel like you know when people are going to die and yeah. part of the good thing about this is like you don't actually know when the story is going to end like it's very yeah 
unclear, which I think is why the sixth one potentially is the worst because you know you can look. Yeah, you can look and you're like, oh, we're like, near oh, the end. Well, we're near the end, so like something's gonna happen. And it? I think I, I, it's it's the right one to end with. It's just my least favorite. Yeah, I agree. And I think I, I'm glad I watched this film. I've always I've been meaning to watch this film for a while. I don't think I'd watch it again, but I think if someone said, oh, should I watch it? I'd say yes. Fair, fair, fair. I think it's time to move on to scores, though. Scores on the doors. Scores on the doors, scores, scores on the doors, yeah! All the scores on the doors, scores on the doors, scores on the doors. Beautiful. Okay, so to scores for this week. Mm -hmm. Woo, leaderboard fun. So, Happy Valley. I give Happy Valley a nine. I think it's really good. So did I. Woo! It's it's really quite excellent. Highly recommend it. It's very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex Education? Um, I gave this an eight. Uh, I also really like it because so many people that I knew watched it. I mean, all mm. talked about it at the same yeah. time. It was one of those shows where you're like, oh, this is the opinion you have. Yeah. I really enjoyed that about it. Mm. Yeah, I, I gave it 7.5, slightly lower. For me, it was ranking it against other things that we've watched that I give an eight to, and I would probably put it slightly underneath them. So, seven and a half. And then for Attack the Block, I gave it seven. And so did I. Yeah, I, Yay, I'm i really glad you enjoyed Attack the Block as much as you did. That's very my, like, mm. if you're going to make me watch, like, sci-fi sci or yeah. like, fantasy, I like comedy stuff. Yeah. Like, it's why I like Misfits, I like Shaun of the Dead, I, yeah. like, I love Hot Fuzz, one of my favourite movies of all time. Oh, Hot Fuzz like, is great. Parodies are very much my sh shit. Great. My shit. That was so posh. I um, knew. Okay, and... The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I gave an 8.5. I think it was quite generous, but I did think it was really beautifully mm. done. And I, I really like, I was just interested by it. Yeah, I gave it a 7.5. Just for me, I, I kept getting over the thing of being like, I feel like this should be a miniseries. Yeah. I don't think it's, I against other Coen Brothers films I've seen, yeah. not my favourite. Fair enough. So uh, if we look now to the leaderboard... Oh, it's very, very exciting. It's very, very exciting because we have a new number three TV show, which is Happy Ooh, Valley. Yeah, Woo! I think very deservedly with The West Wing still at one, Line of Duty at two, and Happy Valley at three. Nice. I think Lovely. I think I I agree with that ranking. Yeah, so do I. Um, and then I'd almost put Happy Valley the same as Line of Duty to be honest, but that's my bad because I gave it less. <laughs> yeah, that's all on you. That's only on me. Yeah, and uh, films, I still, Lady Bird, followed by Let the Right One In, followed by Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Which is such a rogue. We it's need such to watch, a rogue top three. We clearly three. need to watch better films. I, like, I think, the thing no, is this, I would... Priscilla is really good, but like, as in, I was, I, it doesn't come close to Lady Bird for me. I know it's not close in scores. No. But like, as in, we clearly then don't watch enough. I great enough, or oh, I don't like it. See, I would recommend movies, all three of those saying it. these are a great film. All three, I would say. These were a great film. Go and watch these. All three. I don't know about that. And then bottom of the leaderboard, I don't think has changed at all because we had a pretty positive week this week. We had a really positive week. Yeah, so still, uh, Tenure Plan, lowest film, followed by Tucker and Dervis, Evil, followed by 27 Dresses. TV, it's You, followed by The Last Kingdom, followed by Gilmore Girls. Fair. I think. I mean, not fair, but like, fine. I think very fair. So if we move on to next week. Next week, I'll go first. Episode 11. Episode 11. Oh my god, hype. Um, so I'm getting Sam to watch um, a TV show which I only watched recently myself. I haven't seen all of the first series even, but everyone loves it. My dad loves it, my brother loves it. Um, and it is called Peaky Blinders. I've heard so much about this show. Peaky Blinders. And 
I think there's a there's a there's a lot of pressure for me to like this show. Yeah, I felt the same. Yeah. Um, I seeing as you did some very very recent update stuff, I'm going to give you some really recent update TV, and I would like you to watch Russian Doll. Yes. And this is a Netflix series. I won't watch that anyway. So. That I I binged this quite quickly. To be honest, I really really enjoyed this, and I'm interested to see what you think. Because I feel like you might get some. Because quite a dark comedy, you might get some stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And films. Hype. Um, okay, so I'm giving you a film that I don't even like that much, but I think it's a travesty that you haven't seen mm. it, which is the one and only Sleeping Beauty, courtesy of Disney. Yeah. One it's... of the ones they haven't fucked up by making a live action. Well, they made Maleficent, so... No, it doesn't count, though. Okay. Because that's a different story, yeah. at least. I haven't like, seen that either, made... so... Neither have I, but at least they made some effort to, like, change it slightly. Yeah, and the focus isn't on Sleeping Beauty, it's on Maleficent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for my film, I'm going to get you to watch a film by, I think, possibly my favourite director. Oh, whoa. Um, and I would like you to watch the one, the only, Children of Men. Oh, I love Alfonso Cron's films so much, and this is... Why has he done that I would have seen? Did uh, you know Harry Potter? Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That is my favourite Harry Potter film. Um, Roma. No, I haven't seen that. Itumama Tambien. I have seen that. Uh, I know you hate it, but Gravity. I literally hate that so much. Which is heart. weird because Gravity is in my top three ever. Well, that shows a lot about us, doesn't it? Yeah. I just think it's absolutely bullshit. Anyway. Yeah, but. I think I've talked about that before. You, you have, you have. That's absolutely rubbish film. Anyway, I think moving I, on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see see what you think of this. because I, I think... didn't know that, and now I have prejudice against him. No, you can't. <laughs> oh, you can't let that. It's fine. It. Prisoner of Azkaban is good enough to make Prisoner of Azkaban, I think, is the best Harry Potter film. Yeah, by far, by far. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening to this week's very very positive episode. Yay! Not ranty at all. Yay! Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. You can find us on Instagram at Please Don't Make Me Watch. And subscribe. Tell your friends if you want to email us any questions. Email us at Please Don't Make Me Watch at Twitter. Can we just email us like recommendations? Yeah, that would be helpful. If if you if you think there's something that we should have watched and that we haven't watched, we can do like a cinema corner or a tv time on it as well yeah that would be great yeah or i'll just nick them and make sam watch them yeah (laughs) or vice versa no you always have ideas i don't have ideas true actually yeah (laughs) true dad right okay we will see See you you in two weeks time ah yeah see you in two weeks time unless it's a bonus episode yeah all right happy fortnight bye bye